listening to News Radio 92.3. I'm Jenna Barr. Welcome to the Pensacola Expert Panel. Would love to hear from you this morning. 850-437-1620 if you'd like to text on into Pep Talk. Ask our experts a question. And it's Monday morning, which means it's time for Your Money Matters with Bob and Katie. Bob Burgie and Katie Burgie with Mainstay Financial Group, MainstayFG.com. And of course, we are wrapping up the year. We we have uh, just, a, my goodness, what, two weeks left? Not even of not even. 2022. Not even. I so know. are we going to continue our conversation from last week or are we going to switch we, topics? We are going to continue the theme. How's that? Okay. That that's uh, as long as the theme is that's a vague money. answer. <laughs> it's money. It's money. All right, but you know there are a lot of year-end things, and uh, we talked about a number of them last week, Katie. And you know, one of the ones when we walked out that we really didn't touch on enough was um, you have to complete your Roth conversions before the end of the year. That's something you can't do before tax time. Is that time. the biggest mistake people make before the end of the year? Well, is- there's lots of mistakes. Um, you know, there's lots of mistakes. Is that the biggest mistake? What do you think, Katie? No. I'm, I mean, it's so situational, yeah. Roth and, conversions. Yeah, it is situational. Okay. And so what we see is a lot of times uh, we have clients and they retire. And sometimes there's this window of time between retirement and when you turn on your Social Security, start taking your RMDs. RMDs stand for what, Katie? Required minimum distributions. Right. And that's at age 72. You have no required minimum distributions before age 72. So a lot of times our clients uh, and, and everyone will defer this uh, requirement. You know, it's not... It's not uh, suggested minimum distribution, right? It's required. So at 72, you start taking your RMDs and, uh, you know, if you retire at what, 64, 65, even say 66, and, and let's say you choose to not activate your Social Security benefits till age 70, where is your income, Katie? It's low. Yeah, it's probably going to be very low. Um you know, go back 20 years, a lot of people had pensions that would kick in at age 65 or whatever age, uh, sometimes earlier. But uh, those have kind of dried up. We haven't seen as many, pen- you know, we don't see as many pensions. We see enormous 401k balances, 401, you know, 403Bs, 401As. We see lots of qualified plans uh, that are set up by employers, but a lot of times, um, you know, I would say more often than not, we do not see a pension in place with our clients. Right. So you do have some flexibility there. So if your income is low, and what what a Roth conversion does is you're taking traditional IRA money and converting it to Roth IRA money. But if you do that, you have to pay what? Taxes. Yeah, that's right. What kind of taxes? Income tax. Income. Ordinary income taxes. So wouldn't it be great? And, you know, we, we talk about uh, uh, tax brackets. Um, let's take 2022. You don't have to pay over 12% if you are married filing jointly until you have 
approximately $82,000 of taxable income. Right around that, okay? So let's say you make $80,000 a year. You are not paying over 12%. As a matter of fact, your blended rate of return, since you're running through the 12%, or excuse me, the 10% bracket, is less than 12%. So um, you also have a sizable standard deduction. The standard deduction for a married couple right now is right around 27000 26900 So you can actually make up to $110,000, right, Katie? Yeah. You know, up to, you know, north of uh, $100,000 a year and still be in that uh, marginal federal income tax bracket of 12%. That is a gift, and it's probably going away. So what we advise a lot of our clients to do is do a Roth conversion this year. Um, taxes are on sale, right? Right. Very, very cheap right now. Um, but we do believe that is going to change going forward. The other reason to do a Roth conversion is, uh, you know, not so much to uh, go ahead and prepay the taxes. So, hey, I never have to pay taxes on this money again. What is unique about the Roth IRA, Katie, versus the traditional IRA? That it grows tax-free? It, it, it grows tax-free. It is truly the only tax-free account. And as far as RMDs are concerned. Oh, there's no. There's no RMDs. Yeah. Age 72 comes and goes. You don't have to take money out. Right. And we, we try to explain this to our clients. Look, you have enough money to get to the finish line. Let's, let's not worry about tapping into this Roth IRA. Granted, it's tax-free. And, you know, come meet our clients. Are they tax-averse? I mean, I'll, I'll tell you what happens. You retire, and it's all about taxes. It's, you know, how can we minimize taxes, mitigate, you know, our tax liability, or, you know, uh, eliminate taxes altogether? Well, you probably can't do that. But as we explained to them, you're kind of taking – you're taking a hit for the team, all right? Your income is low. Your kids' is high. Your kids' income is high because they're earning a lot of money. They're in their peak earning years. Let's say they're in their uh, late 40s, early 50s. And, um, you know, if you go ahead and prepay the income tax, it grows tax-free for not only your life but your beneficiaries. So if you leave it to your surviving spouse – Surviving spouse never pays taxes. You leave it to your children, they never have to pay taxes. So the Roth IRA is truly tax-free for anybody who pulls money out of it. The one rub on that is what? Secure Act of 2020 changed, uh, changed the rules dramatically for beneficiaries of Roth IRAs. A... For for beneficiaries of Roth IRAs and traditional IRAs, any right. qualified plan money. So any non-spouse beneficiary, okay? Kids, right? Kids are non-spouse beneficiaries. They must empty the account in how many years, Katie? Ten years. Ten years. So that's going to be a dramatic tax hit if it's all in traditional, traditional IRA balances. So you try to get it out, put it into the – convert it to the Roth IRA, take one for the team, and uh, and and there you go, right? So, you know, that's something, I, you know, is it, I'd say it's the biggest opportunity. Yeah. 
It's not the. It's I don't not, make mistake. It's if yeah. you don't do Roth. Yeah, and let me but. tell you, you know, a lot of times, a lot of times, and and we've had this, you know, our clients will come back and say, "Man, you know, I I took a big hit on my taxes by doing that." I said, "Yeah, but you know, let's talk about that a little more." You know, you have uh, two or three children; they're all doing well. They're making more money than you right now, and when they inherit this, they're going to be making even more money than they're making now. In addition to that, we all believe federal income taxes are going up, and uh, you know you're prepaying it so that nobody has to pay it down the road. And you know that's what it's all about. If, as we say, you know it's it's not about what you make; it's all about what you get to keep and pass along to the folks you love or the causes you believe in. So, uh, yeah, Roth IRAs enorm excuse me Roth conversions and Roth IRAs contributing yeah. to them uh, just tremendous opportunity and only in the last 20 years or so have we been able to uh, embrace this because but they really weren't around before then um, right. people my age Katie and Jenna we don't have big Roth IRAs they weren't around when we were your age and contributing but uh, they are now and that's uh, it's it's a tremendous opportunity so let's talk about some of the uh, things we talked about last week. <clears throat> uh, deferring your income, okay, or accelerating your income. If you're having a low income tax year, you may want to accelerate it. If you're having a high tax in income tax year, you may want to defer it into next year. A lot of people have that choice uh, with their bonuses, okay? Um so it all depends. If you think income taxes are going up in the future, you may want to go ahead and take the hit now. Um, take last-minute tax deductions. We talked about that a lot. Um, and, you know, the most common last-minute tax deduction would probably be charitable donations. Um, you, can reduce your, you can reduce your taxable income to some extent. And, of course, we're talking about itemizing as opposed to uh, taking the standard deduction. Uh, beware of the alternative minimum tax. That's important. We talked about that as well. Sell loser investments to offset gains. Okay, If you have gains in your portfolio in 2022 and you want to offset that long-term capital gain or short-term capital gain with losses, go ahead and do so. If you have losses but no gains and they're long-term capital gains, you can take a, a capital loss carry forward and deduct $3,000 per year going forward from your income. Okay. So your taxable income will be reduced by $3,000 a year. No more. If you have a long-term capital gain uh, that you can't use all in one year. All right. Um, could, what's what else, Katie? What, what are the other things? Uh, what, what are some low hanging fruit? Uh, that we talked about, um, contributing to your qualified plans, your IRAs, your Roth IRAs. You've got to do that. You've also got to max out uh, what you're able to contribute. What happens at age 50? You're able to contribute in a catch-up right, catch contribution. Um, all right, Jenna, what do we have here? 
Looks like we have a text coming through with a question for you. If you'd like to text or call in with your questions, 850-437-1620. You're listening to the Pensacola Expert Panel on News Radio 92.3. Bob Bergie and Katie Bergie are here to answer all of your questions. Okay, we have a question from a listener, and the question is this. In what year do you speculate that the current low tax rate will change? Not next year, right? That's really sort of come out. Um, the brackets, you know, uh, excuse me. Yeah, the brackets were increased. The rates are about the same. Um, there's, uh, there in, in the year 2025, okay, there's a sunset provision on the current tax rates and the acceleration thereof, okay? I think, I think we'll see tremendous changes in 2025. That's what I think. Uh, that's when the current Jobs Act uh, and uh, Tax Cuts Act uh, sunsets. And I do believe in, in probably in the year 2025, if things get really difficult and, you know, we've talked about the, uh, uh, the exhaustion of the Social Security Trust Fund, the Medicare Trust Fund, and that will take place in the mid 2030s, uh, possibly the late 2030s. Does seems like a long time from now, but it really isn't. But I would say, um, I would say when uh, uh, the Tax Cuts and Jobs Act sunsets in 2025, we will see some, we will see some bigger changes, and that not only includes federal income taxes, but the federal estate taxes. Because I think, uh, as we've talked about on this show, um, the federal estate tax exemption right now is $12,060,000, okay? So you die with $12 million, you're paying no federal estate tax, none whatsoever. Um, that, that's a big number. And when you think about that, going from 600000 20 years ago to $12,060,000. That's a huge exemption allowance jump. Um, but thank you for the question, and I hope I answered that for you. Um, I, You know, there's nothing like just Googling and looking at the tax rates and see where you fall. Know that you have a standard deduction. Know that if you choose not to itemize, uh, you can take that standard deduction and if you itemize and, and that deduction becomes more than what your standard deduction would be, you're able to subtract that from your gross income. So um, remember, the tax rates are based on taxable income, not your gross income. All right, let's keep going. Um, as we said, contribute the maximum to your retirement accounts. Take advantage of the catch-up contributions if you're over age 50. Uh, it's not a lot of money if you're contributing to a, uh, a traditional or Roth IRA. It's only um, $1,000. But inside your employer's qualified plan, it is considerably more. Um, all right. Check, uh, your, check your, all of your distributions from your qualified plans and make sure you've taken your RMDs. If you, you know... If you do not take your RMDs and you turn 72 during the year 2022, there's a hefty fine. Um, 
and and in addition to that, you know, to that, uh, the trustee of the IRA or the qualified plan has to pay that fine, has to pay a fine as well. So there are a lot, you know, just just make sure you take your RMDs if you're age 72. Um, there is some new legislation coming down the pike on uh, RMDs and RMDs RMD age uh, requirements in. 2023, it is most likely the RMD age will go from age 72 to age 73. That's part of what is known as the Secure Act 2.0 um, that is receiving bipartisan support and will go from, uh, well, let's see, it has passed the House already, correct, Katie? Right. And it has to go through the Senate, but it you know, just breezed through the house. I think the, uh, I think the vote total was 414 to five was the vote. Um, uh, so it's receiving, you know, overwhelming support. And I would say most likely in 2023, the age of RMDs required minimum distributions will be age 73. Um, so again, check your IRA distributions, make sure you've taken your RMDs, um, and the last thing we like to touch on is your flexible spending accounts. The flexible spending accounts are, are, uh, you know, your, what, what are they calling them now, Katie? Give me your, your medical savings account or HSA, HSA, which will cover actually not only medical, but dental vision. Um, but sometimes what you don't spend in some of these flexible spending accounts, if you don't spend it during the year, it does not roll over to the next year. I'm seeing that go go away more and more. But make sure if uh, if that amount you're putting in needs to be spent by the following year, you're doing that. Right. I haven't seen that in a while. Have you? Yeah. Well, typically with the HSAs, they do roll over. Right. With the health I think health savings law. accounts. Right. But. But with the flex spending the, accounts and the dependent care, you know, a, a lot of those, uh, a lot of those accounts do not. They just don't want you uh, deducting. Um, they, you need to use it as you know, and this is a policy decision. You need to set aside what you're going to use. You can't bank this amount, you know, for the next twenty years. Now, with the HSA, you sure can, right? Right. Um, and there's more to that. You know, you usually have to take, um, you usually have to take the, uh, high deductible plan with your employer. Isn't that correct? Yeah. 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 So, but that's why you do it. You're going to have more out of pocket expenses. All right. Let's talk about some qualitative things. Um, the end of the year and the beginning of the year, you know, this is not necessarily tax sensitive or December 31st, uh, you know, you know, either have have completed this exercise or it's gone forever. But some of the other things you may want to do is uh, revisit your investment goals and your investment strategy. Again, these are qualitative things. Um, you know, this may be your New Year's resolution. Um, but revisit and confirm your investment goals and your investment strategies. Uh, I think the best way to do this is to, you know, start with your asset allocation and how often your account is set up to rebalance okay if you have a tremendous uh, 
if, if you have a sector or a space or a style, you know, that uh, does extremely well and you're in a qualified plan, okay, an IRA, a 401k, a Roth IRA, anything that has no tax consequences um, when, when you uh, initiate activity in your account, um, you, you should probably have some sort of rebalancing either on a monthly basis, a quarterly basis, an annual basis. And, be, and the reason for this is you don't, as you get older, you probably want your portfolio to become more conservative. And if your equities are, you know, ruling the roost and, and you started out with a 50-50 portfolio, 50% equity, 50% fixed income, or 50% stocks and 50% something very conservative, say an, an annuity, you want to revisit that portfolio. Because if the stocks do extremely well, all of a sudden you're out of balance. You're 60% stocks, 40% uh, conservative, and that's not in line with your investment objective and certainly not your risk tolerance. Not if you started out 50-50. Um, but review your asset allocation and your balancing uh, strategy, you know, or rebalancing strategy, um, because, uh, you know, it can get out of whack. They're not going to perform um, equally year in, year out. Right, Katie? Right. So what um, what else, Katie, do we have on uh, sort of the qualitative things? Um, I mean, you've hit them. Yeah. With the I think, invest. How about cash needs? Revisit that, you know? Um, let's say you had a good 2022 and you have cash balances in excess of the amount you need, of, of the amount that you need to have in savings. Go ahead and take some of that. You know, you know what I see a lot is a lot of people think that the only investment accounts you can contribute to are your qualified accounts. You know, your employer's 401k, your a 403B, your own traditional IRA, your own Roth IRA. But you can open your own non-qualified account, just like, a, just like you would open a savings account. Contribute to that and, you know, you put your cash, put your cash balances to work. And what a great time to do this in a year like the end of 2022, where the market is down and, uh, you know, in, in theory or in... Um, Put it this way, you know you're buying in the dip because this time last year, you were buying at the height of the market, right? Right. At the end of December 2021, um, the market was at an all-time high. Right now, it certainly is not. And, you know, as we say, we talked about taxes being on sale. The market is on sale. But um, I think another thing, another thing to do, and again, these are qualitative things, Review the fundamentals of your portfolio. Make sure you don't have high concentrations in a certain sector or in a certain stock. Um, Re-examine your asset location, altogether different from asset allocation. Um, but these are the, these are strategies that you should be doing as a continuum. You certainly don't have to do them by year end, but uh, it might be a New Year's resolution to revisit these things. Revisiting your estate plan. Okay. Reviewing and reassessing, you know, your kids' needs, your grandchildren's needs. 
um, reviewing if you have any debt, your loans and outstanding mortgages. Um, and of course, dividend distributions. Uh, dividend distributions as dividends are treated differently from other taxable income. But uh, thank you for joining us this week. And this is uh, really the end of uh, our uh, year-end tax tips, financial planning and investment tips. And uh, we hope you've enjoyed it.